I had a better vibe before we got counted. What do you mean? <laughs> well, a little bit of return of the Mac to celebrate. Return of Ed Ross. And the podcast this week. It's hey, great to be back. Return of the Roscoe. How are you, big boy? Mate, I'm great. I'm refreshed. You look it. I'm I tell bronzed. You the girl said I look bronzed when I walk in this morning. Yeah, that's not... They, do you know what bronzing means? We had Stuart Whippy on the podcast. You've been bronzing up, have you? Have you? I thought you were talking about soaking again, but I'm not going to go into that. No, bronzing up is... What would you... Oh, okay, righto. Woo! <laughs> back it up. Hey, is that moustache grown about a... Fa- have you fertilised? <laughs> yeah, hasn't it grown? I was only looking at the... Uh, yeah, well, I don't have mirrors in my house like we were discussing before, but yeah, it does look good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, now you've gone from looking like a sexual predator to a sexual predator that would murder me as well. Yeah, I'm happy with it. <laughs> It's getting quite bushy. Yeah, how did the how did the van go on Fraser Island? The van, yeah, the van. <laughs> Sexual predator, a van joke. Everyone who owns a white van, you know, mate. Come on, you with me? Come on, one week off and you just <laughs> nah. Oh, you couldn't take the van over to Fraser because it's a four wheel drive. Unless it was a Delica. Oh, can we talk about Delicas this episode? I didn't see one over there. You didn't see a single Delica. Did not see a single delicate, no. but I think the what's reason is is because of their clearance. I don't have enough clearance. What stage of life do you reckon you get to where you like where you want to get into four wheel driving, but well, you like you've got to be living in Logan home. <laughs> You're not allowed to register a delica unless it's in Logan home. <laughs> I want to go four wheel driving, but I've got twelve people in my family, yeah. and we all want to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I need the back ramp so I can wheel Granny up in the chair. Just strap oh, it down. Yeah, for, no, you know what they should do with Granny. You know how you see. <laughs> you know, <laughs> imagine the back. You know how they fucking yockey straps. <laughs> you know how you see <laughs> camper vans, motorhomes, and they're towing another car so that they can drive yeah, and, and they what's get to the their destination. Sign they put on the back of it. You should get that. You should tow Granny in a wheelchair on the back of your Delica, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That would be a sight. Oh, could you imagine the dingoes oh. chasing after her on Fraser? <laughs> oh, mate. Anyway, hey. Happy Funky Shirt Friday. Hey, happy Funky Shirt Friday. The funkiest you can be on a Friday, wearing a shirt, having a good time. Episode 13, Derek. Can you believe it? The only way you could be any funkier is if you were wearing a funky shirt and listening to Return of the Mac. Oh, hang on. You just did. We did. And if you're not wearing a shirt, like we've said before, turn around, go home, put one on, head back to work. I've got the Ventura on today, Derek. One of our core range products. Had it in, fuck, we've had it online for years. Must be like two and a half years old, this thing. Why do we call it that? Well, we're just going all Ace Ventura originally. What do we like about Ace Ventura? Well, he's just a loose, loose, pizzled, long-haired Yahoo. So I tell you what, I'm going to bring something up. You've been saying the word "pizzled" a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it means. We can talk about it later in the podcast. But it's not in the run sheet. Not that we have a run sheet. If we did have a run sheet, it wouldn't be in there. This vessel is empty. Did you just look? Did you just drink, finish drinking your water and yeah, then well, look in the IP in the mouth hole to confirm that there was nothing in there? By you, the way, how good did is, you do that? How good is Yeti gear, by the way? The best. This shit is the fucking best. I tried tr- to. You remember the marketing manager from Yeti that gave us his stuff? Well, I don't actually, but I remember getting it. Yeah, so he sent it to us and we stupidly <laughs> gave that fucking esky away. I'm so dirty we did that because it's so good. Anyway... I was like, oh, hit him back up. We'll try and do another thing with him. Doesn't work there anymore. Spewing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, the circumstances with which we gave that away could have also very nearly got us in a lot of trouble. We're not, anyway, look, legal yeah. stuff. We're not getting on. This is not a legal podcast, all right? Well, yeah, but 
since we're talking about it, we did what did we use it for? Is for trademark's second birthday, first birthday? No, TX's first TX's birthday. First, first. Everyone had. Uh, yeah, that's said first. <laughs> I said first birthday. Everyone that wanted to win it had to stick their arm in the esky with Full iced ice. water. Yeah, and, and the they long, were not giving up. They were not giving up. Clayton, he couldn't feel his pinky finger for three months. I'm trying to think of what his name was. About the one he, he married one of my the sisters military mates. dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. My our sisters. Um, and I was I was run, I was flat out mate. running out to the kitchen out the back getting more ice. And they were like, no, they salt in they there. Like get salt. If you put salt in the in the ice, it'll get colder. I was <laughs> I was I pouring salt into this thing. People Himalayan just, or fucking table. Yeah, pink. <laughs> pink Himalayan or iodized. <laughs> what the fuck is with that? Iodized salt, salt. No, salt in. Oh, I don't salt know. Salt in water making. But there's a, he, apparently there's a story that my father in law, he uh, at my wife's 21st, decided to put salt in all of the uh, eskies to keep the piss cooler, but everyone was. <laughs> Had salty, salty stubbies, and all the tops of the tins were all salty. <laughs> Matt Lindsay still talks about it. How Paul had fucked all the stubbies because they were all. You got to be careful salty. though, too, because people like dip into the ice out of a out of an esky to make their drinks as well. Like if they're you know mixing, oh, so yeah. icy. Fuck. Yeah, you're just working your way into a hellhole there, yeah. trying to refresh, but you're drinking salty you know, water. Would have been a real ball. That's why people perish in, in in the ocean when they when they've got no water. Drink they drink it and then they. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It would have been a real baller move if Paul filled the eskies with tequila. <laughs> tequila and lemons along with the salted ice. Salt lines <laughs> along the edge. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, I'm wearing... Um, what are you wearing? Hot Day-night yellow high-vis navigator. It is. One of our earlier collections from, uh, from this the year. 2020 season. I fucking love this shirt. Yeah, it is a good one. I like it. It came in late into the rotation. It only just made the collection, didn't it? But well, um, no, we subbed it in for another shirt, another print that we pulled out, and this was designed for an earlier collection again. But Iris, our designer, uh, made a few adjustments to it, and yeah, like it, it's yeah, it's a cracker. I've got the full print one. It's um, what what is it about this shirt? I think it's because it is kind it of has some traditional like dress shirty vibes because there's lines in it, but they're not all. Linear, they are all you know. There's but all they are. Mm. They're all sort of. It's a nice pattern, but I think I think it's just there's a lot of straight lines in it, so it feels like halfway between a fully trademark shirt and like. It's mildly like, funky. It is mildly funky. But yeah, so um, I love this shirt. It's a good one. Yeah, I've had my QR code on it scanned a few times as well. QR code, yes, QR yeah. code. On this one too. Um, so, geez, our QR code scans are getting up there. How many? Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> I just know <laughs> the thing is. They're only going in one direction. They can't. They literally can't go down. <laughs> <laughs> so I just know they're going up. <laughs> oh my fucking oh. god! Someone emails us. I want to retract my QR yeah, code can scan. You, can you? Can you discount my scan? Oh, we didn't do the podcast last week, Derek. Yeah, why not? Well. I want to give it out there to all of our uh, devout listeners and apologise that we didn't make it last week. I was obviously on Fraser Island, in and out of service, and uh, the Taylor Swifts were on. So we, we had the Taylor Swifts. Nah, it's a, we'll talk about it in a later segment. <laughs> Righto. Well, we had talked about maybe doing it, but like when it came in last week, I don't know. You were on holidays. I was... To be honest, well, I felt cooked. I've been feeling fucking pretty tired for a while, like, you know, probably a bit overworked, a bit, you know, probably need a bit of a break. But I was like, yeah, I was just last week, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be shit without you in the studio. Plus, you're on holidays. Bless him. It would have been good. I'm glad we're recording. But, uh, oh, 
No, we'll edit this bit out. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not hearing any. No, no, fucking no one's hearing me say anything nice about you and your bushy moustache that you've been fertilising in your van. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just thought it'd be weird on the phone. I was like, nah, I don't know. It's easy. Let's not do it. So, right. well, we're back. We're back, and yeah. plenty to cover today, Derek. What are we going to? And there's on? actually there's another reason why we didn't do it, which will come up in a later segment too. Absolutely. So. What are we going to cover today? You're, you're doing this part. Yeah, but I'm just asking you to be well, like, so you should say, well, I don't know, Dan. Yeah, Why don't you tell know. us? What are we going to be covering, Derek? Well, we're going to we're going to get to the bottom of whether or not Ed became a man or not <sighs> at Fraser. My forehead is just itchy all of a sudden. Oh. <laughs> we're going to discuss Ed's itchy forehead. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to dislodge a couple of rocks from socks. The Porter and Wood Golf Classic on the weekend. Now, I know Jason Porter is going to be listening to this. Nice. And char- you know, doing some epic carpentry and charging his clients like a wounded fucking bull, but it's worth it because he's a good chippy. <laughs> um, look, we're also gonna have to touch on the the, the, the tragedy that occurred last week and the, the tragic passing of Paul Green. So we'll, we'll have a bit of a discussion about that and get, gain our thoughts about that whole setup. Um, and then, yeah, obviously coming out of that, we got the Gimby Muster next week. So we're going to, um, yeah, just tap into a few more talking points we need to just clarify. That's not what was written here. The Gimby Muster before we, uh, okay, who's sleeping with who at this year's <laughs> Gimby Muster? We're going to discuss who is sleeping with who. Yeah, that's right. Oh, dear. Right. We're going to get into the uh, PG stuff. We are. We are, absolutely. And just a uh, reminder before we get into the first segment of today's podcast, uh, this week, we wanted the community to own it, and we're going to talk more about that in a later segment, but we wanted everyone to own it today, own their mental health, how they're feeling, emotions, well-being. Let's own it. You can't take any proactive steps about any struggles with mental health unless you truly own the way that you're feeling. First own step, own, own it. Righto. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> massive week last week. Look, I was watching the news headlines all week, waiting, just waiting for the story. Man's been eaten by a dingo on Fraser Island. Man's had his dick bitten off by by straight dingo on Fraser Island trying to figure out how to bait a fishing hook. I was watching, I was that refreshing my news app fucking constantly. Like you know when you yeah. get those, you know when you get those updates on your phone that tells you how much screen time you've had this yeah, week? You've had fuckloads. Mine's gone way right up. up. It was, can go down that one. Yeah, that can go down. I was setting alarms to be uh, so Edward, tell us. Did you become a man at Fraser Island? I do feel as though I became a man last week on Fraser Island. I learnt an absolute shitload. Had a ball. Fuck, it is amazing over there. You've said you have been over there. I have. It's great. So tell me, how did you navigate this whole adventure? Not just the physical adventure to Fraser Island, but the uh, the inward adventure in discovering emotional. who, who you are as a man and what this appendage is that is attached just above and between my legs. <laughs> Yeah, it's not hanging very far down, I can tell you. It's just sitting there. <laughs> but oh, I, God, I, boys I, and joking about penises, I tell you. I was like, yeah, and farting. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, anyway, have you been to Fraser? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking cool, yeah. So uh, my cousin I, got chased by a dingo on Fraser. Really? Came back in tears, mate. Like, yeah. So like, came back to, no, no, no. Younger cousin, oh, yeah, right. Joel. So yeah, you haven't met him, but um, yeah, back to Kingfisher, Kingfisher Resort. <laughs> Just tears streaming down the face. Dingoes are lurking. Yeah. So yeah, last week, uh, well, there was a few things that happened. Actually, I'll, I'll go further back. So Friday, uh, a couple of my mates picked me up in Toowoomba. We headed out to my mate's place at uh, Mooney Cams. 
So Blanky and um, we dropped Percy off, picked up his new car in Oakey. He drove home. Me and Blanky drove out uh, to Mooney, stayed with Cam because we had his brother's Bucks party the next day. Great to catch up. Went and just annihilated some hogs on Saturday morning. It was a fucking massacre, which was hilarious. <laughs> Blanky was sitting behind because Cam's like, oh, they're going to be just down here in this shade line. So I was like, oh, yeah, right. So I'm driving the quad. Cam's on another quad. He went up the other side of the shade line. And Blanky's sitting behind me. With a gun, no doubt. <laughs> with a with a two 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 lever action. And he's sitting behind me anyway. We're like, went up this shade line. There was nothing there. So we, then we came back in on the fence line in between the shade line. Anyway, fuck me, Dad. There was this, it bust up, mate. <laughs> it was this hog. It was like right in front of me. And like, you know, Blanky, like he's a fucking big unit. Like he's standing up behind me. I'm like ducking down underneath the handlebars of this quad bike and he's just letting this gun off. Fucking 28 shots. Got five hogs. We drove back after he shot them all. And there's like fucking huge bits of bark that has been shot off trees and shit. It was fucking out of control. Anyway, so that was a good blowout on that Saturday morning. Just getting back to being a man. And then no, uh, got a great photo actually. We'll have to, uh, I don't know where we're going to put that up, but we'll have to put it somewhere. Yeah, you can just show me. But uh, one of the things we had a bucks party that afternoon, and like I was telling you about before, we did a bit of a uh, pub crawl out out around Gundawindi. But one big thing which was so cool was that everyone dressed up as the buck, right? Had to do their own Noonan imp- impersonation, Tom Crane impersonation. But um, he's a massive trademark fan. Anyway, everyone on the bus pretty much is wearing trademark. And the coolest part was it was like blokes there that I knew, like I went to school with, they were a few years older or whatever. But they were like wearing like newer collection ones. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck yeah. Like the people are actually supporting. I was like, this is fucking sick. I was like, this is fucking, like it was like sort of, I was like humbled. I was like, it's fucking great. We've, we've actually got customers. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, literally. You know what I mean? Because like, these fucking you, lights yeah. been staying on this whole time. <laughs> no, but it was cool. It was fucking cool. So, well, what? yeah. And so, do, but are they, are they, uh, so, okay, right. So, have they bought the new shirts specifically for the Bucks, do you reckon? Or no, I don't know. Do I you reckon they and, – and what did you talk about with those people? Was there any acknowledgement of any – I don't know if I did acknowledge them, actually. Or was it just like, oh, you're all dressed as no, Noonan no, it was and hilarious. Like, trademark doesn't exist? Well, no, I mean? no, I didn't say that. No, no, no. I'm not – yeah, yeah. you said it, but it was like – No, well, we talked about work and stuff like that. I was like, oh, it's been fucking hard, blah, 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 which is yeah. all, all sweet, but it was like um, – no, 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 it was just a cool... I was like, oh, this is fucking sweet. I was like, it's really cool. Anyway, it was a good That's day. That's Matt. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, so the next morning got up. We're all fairly hungover. Blanky and I fled out of Gundy pretty early. Was it just a one, morning. one... Just a one day. By the way, Bucks parties, new thing. Do it in a day. Do it in a day. Do one day. It's the best. Uh, well, it was fucking great. Don't know whether I agree, but... Well, I mean, as in, it was just, it was just good because everyone was like, this is just the one day into it. It was great rather than – because everyone gets first night fever anyway and fucking, you know, good the second day anyway, so. Yeah, but that's when stuff can get really interesting. <laughs> yes. Also true. But I had to, um, yeah, flee out of there. Had had uh, – well, she's my auntie-in-law's 80th uh, out at uh, Mount Tyson and that was a bit of a struggle, as I'm sure you can imagine. So is this, is this all part of, like, becoming a man? Well, then it started. So I got in the car with Matt. Um, Tate, my brother-in-law, and we drove from there to Tinkan Bay. It was like a four and a bit hour drive. Did he know that you were on this mission? <laughs> no, he Did anyone know? Well, I, this isn't like a big... I was just talking about it. It's like a Big thing in thing. our world. Big <laughs> yeah. thing in my world. No. Our listeners are fucking... They're just glued. Their ears are glued. They're not even driving. Their ears are just glued to the bottom of the door. Just fucking got it into the speaker. But uh, I was just saying to him, I was like, fuck, I was like, I don't understand any of this like fishing shit and whatever. Like, it's fucking cool. Like, I want to, okay. you know... I need to know more details about this. Like, how did you bring it up? 
You like I was like, I don't know what how to bait what hook with what fish or go for but whatever. Did you just say? I, I don't know I, what I'm doing. Yeah, or did I you say, hey, Matt, I've got, and, I need and, to talk to you about something. And, and, Tatey, and Tatey goes, yeah, man, I don't fucking know either. Like, you just learn it off other people. And I was like, fucking sweet. So, Matt, uh, excuse me, Matt. Um, can, can we please pull the car over? <laughs> <laughs> I, there's something I need to talk about with you. And it's, I've been thinking about it for a while now. And I feel like this is a safe place. We're in the car. Can you turn the radio off, please? I'm trying to talk about something important. <laughs> I'm having issues oh, with my masculinity. With my, ba- my, my baiting my fish hooks. <laughs> and the only way I can talk about this is with a lift. <laughs> so what I did, so we got to Tin Can Bay that night, waking the next morning on the barge. Are any tin cans out there? Tin cans? Yeah. Oh, I didn't say it was pretty dark. Cool. All right. And so we got on the barge, got over to, from Inskip across, but it's like that's Did you get bogged that, at Inskip? It. No, I didn't get bogged there, but that's the big bit, you know what I mean? Everyone's letting their tyres down and fucking got their Dodge Rams and fucking, you, you know. seen the videos? Oh, yeah, mate. Inskip, Yeah, mate. Inskip. So anyway, so we're out there just sending it. Got on the beach. It was great. Got up there. That Is after, just, because we, like that day, we got up, to, like, because we were staying at Orchid. <laughs> what have I said? Have I missed something? What is it? Talk. talk. I was going to ask about the rumours that I've heard about diesel soot. <laughs> Do not ask that. But I won't. <laughs> oh, fuck. My forehead's itchy again. <laughs> Man, I said. Are you nervous? Anyway, no, I'm not sure what's going on. Anyway, got to Orchid Beach and Matt's like, oh, we'll go up here to, uh, there's a pub like just around from where our Airbnb was. So I went around there. Yeah, And, and it's literally. Confirming you stayed at an Airbnb on Fraser. Yeah, it was fucking great. Must be very nice. It was. He's an upmarket man. I'm an upmarket man. But we, um, so we're there. And the pub is literally, like, there's no car park. It's just a fucking, just a sand dune everywhere around the pub, right? It's just literally just sand. Like, there's no road, no nothing. It's just fucking sand and logs and shit, right? And a pub. Anyway, because <laughs> we were a bit what do you What do you pay for a schooner there? It was actually not too bad. I think it was like nine bucks for a, like, a ginger beer I don't know. schooner on yeah. tap. Sorry, schooners. I'll stop cutting in your story. Anyway, so we're sitting out there, and obviously you get pretty, you know, you're on Fraser. Daunted. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to get bogged in front of the pub. <laughs> anyway. This is the greatest thing about males, right? We're just fuckheads. So anyway, there's these three blo- three cars like coming from the other direction. So um, Tati like pulled off the road or like up off that bit of sand dune and this guy's like three cars are coming through anyway. Two came through. They sort of just got through and this third bloke comes along in this um, Hilux. Anyway. He missed a gear and it just went, and just bogged right in the front of the pub. And his other mates had all parked and they were like walking back to go into the pub and they're looking at him and he was so embarrassed, mate. He had all the four driving this fucking sand flying everyone just bogging down like this. And they're all standing there fucking pointing and laughing at him. And he gets out of the car and he was so embarrassed and he's like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Stop fucking looking at me. Go and get the snatching strap. Fucking pull me out. <laughs> no. oh. He had the fucking sour so bad. But what made me like really laugh was it was like, <coughs> who gives a fuck? I was like, you get bogged. Who gives a fuck? You're going to get pulled out. Yeah. You might think it's a bit emasculating, but no one really gives a fuck. Like, but just the reaction of it, like, with everyone just standing there, people up at the pub, just fucking schooners in hand, laughing. I think it's just a part of the experience. Well, it's part I mean? of the experience, but it's hilarious because <laughs> the whole thing, the assumption when anyone ever gets bogged is that they don't know how to drive. <laughs> like, that's why it's funny. Oh. oh. 
Man, yeah. it was funny. Anyway. They get him out? They did get him out. And I actually saw him. He was parked in front of us when we were getting back on the barge to go. And I was saying, that's the guy that got emasculated at Orchid Beach Hotel. Yeah, see, you know what? You're, I, you, <laughs> no. Mate, he felt emasculated. I didn't say he was. Did he say, everyone, I'm feeling emasculated? <laughs> or are you just putting... Are you just your... Is your... <laughs> Your whole thing with masculinity, are you pushing this onto other people now? You know, maybe he didn't feel like that. <laughs> I, I think that's the issue. You know, this, anyway, I tell you what, this I, is the whole issue. He's he's been emasculated. Oh, now you're saying it. Well, I'm just saying, going off the story that you're telling me, he then, felt emasculated because he because he got bogged on Fraser at Orchid Beach in front of the pub. Now, what is that? What honestly, like, what is that? Oh, I don't know. Like, I think what it's is just, that? Is it's just it's just a shame thing. You just don't <laughs> want to be seen to be getting bogged. It's like the shame <laughs> of it, isn't it? No, like it is. It, but the, this, this is the, the hardest part about Fraser Island, right? Is that in the Gala Rocks? I hope I've pronounced that correctly. But anyone that's been there would know. Anyway, it's this big fucking massive big rock that's got a big gorge out of it. It's literally just the width of your four-wheel drive. And you've got to, like, queue up and you drive through that and there's, like, water and everything in there. And there's, like, a sharp sort of drop-off. And you've just got to fucking pin it up this sand dune up around this wild little track to get back down on this other beach because you can't drive around the beach because of all this rock formation. And it's fucking hairy, right? So one in every five cars gets bogged there. They just bog, get fucked. Like, there was a guy in a Ford Everest... (laughs) Fuck, mate. He had his air pressure all the way down, like, 6 PSI, and they still couldn't get him out. Like, it was just... So they had to get, like, a 200 series cruiser up there, skull dragging back out. It's just this wild situation. Anyway, so I drove up there first. So it was Lance and I and Kendall. Kendall's Matt's um, cousin. Anyway, holy fuck, I was packing it. Because it's like everyone's lined up. So you're, like, lined up for, like, an hour and a half just to get through this passage because there's so many people, and people are always getting bogged, so it just takes so long. And I was up. I was like, right, oh, fuck, here we go. I was like, I, I was packing it. And Kendall's going, you're fucking nervous, aren't you? I was like, fucking nervous. And there's people all standing up on the rock faces and everything. It's just one car. You got to, What were you, you know, driving? We had a um, troop, uh, to a, like a troop carrier, Lent Cruiser troop carrier. It was a fucking great car. Done 470,000 Ks. And like, don't need just broken everything's, in. Ma- everything's immaculate in it. Anyway, so I'm there and I'm going, this is the same thing. You don't know, right? So I'm asking, like, low range, what, what gear, fucking all high, like high four, what gear, so what, what do I do? What were you? Mate, everyone's got differing opinions, right? Everyone's saying, Well, were you yeah. out the window? Yeah. I'm like, what do I fucking stick it in? They're like, mate, fucking stick it in, fucking low, fucking whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, okay. So I went for what they said, which was low range, get it into second gear and just pin it and just don't let off the throttle, right? Just keep it going. Anyway, I got halfway up the fucking hill. Feel it going. I was like, oh no, I just fucking, my nuts dropped. I was like, oh fuck, I've bogged this. Booted in the first? <laughs> Try to, and then you lose all your momentum because you're going up the hill and brr. And I was like, oh fuck. So anyway, halfway up the hill, you stopped. Halfway up the hill, and everyone's everyone's yahooing and fucking whatever. And I was like, oh shit. You probably should have gone high to or what? Just wait, mate. Fucking stop jumping in. No, no, I'm giving you man, <laughs> man, man advice. So anyway, so I've stuck it into reverse. Thank fuck it got momentum going back down the hill, right? So I didn't get bogged. I just stopped, right? Very different thing. Don't hit the brakes. Anyway, so it got right back down the bottom. And I just said to Ken, I was like, right, I'm going to put in this high four first gear. I'm just going to fucking pin it. Anyway, off she went. <laughs> got to the other side. Everything was just smouldering. Like clutch, engine, everything was so hot. But got through there. But the adrenaline, I was like fucking jacked. It was, in- it was wild. It was fucking so wild. <laughs> anyway... I'm glad I got through there because there's been a fair few people that haven't made it through Nicola Rocks, but I'm glad I've conquered it. So I became a man there, which I'm pretty happy about. 
I also caught so some Taylor Swifts. Do you know what a Taylor Swift is? Well, are you talking about like just Taylor? Yeah, yeah, but it's what men say over there. They say caught a few Swifties. <laughs> do that? Do they? That's Fraser Man talk. <laughs> do, do, DK, can you? Do you? No. Nah? <laughs> He's like, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> He's like, I haven't conquered Nagala rocks. How would I know? Oh. Anyway, I did catch four. I caught four tailors. With what great. bait? Pillies. On a gang hook. It's a pilly. Little fish, little bait fish. Oh, pilchard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pillies, mate. <laughs> just a couple pillies. Just on a couple gang hooks. You just thread them up together. You just... You just. You got to get the last hook through the eye, so it... it, it Swim straight. Yeah, you want a straight swimming pilly? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Fish don't like what it. What is going on here? He's giving up me about being emasculated. Now he's, now he's emasculating me on my own podcast. Mate, you know what? Who was that? Was there an old salty sea dog just like handing out like man certificates on the other end of the uh No, but there was, passage? One, there was one bloke there that we had a good, um, good bit of a yarn to. Because the amount of people that are over there, like literally just for the tailor, because it's like this is the breeding season, so they're on. Oh, the Taylor are on, are they? Running. The Swifties. Running hot. Swimming. <laughs> Swimming hot. Warm. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, right, are they good eating? Del- delicious. <laughs> delicious. Yeah, well, delicious. Did, did you prepare them? Did yeah, you- oh, so cooked them two different ways. No, ju- three ways. Actually, Matt and Mia made a Luxa, a uh, uh, Taylor Luxa. <laughs> three ways. <laughs> The other way was... Um, you were going to say you put one in the oven, one on the barbecue so, and one on the grill so, plate. So skin on, on the on the hot plate with um, herb and garlic butter. Change your fucking life. And the third one was this uh, salt and vinegar chip crumb. Name Beautiful. me something that herb and garlic butter doesn't go with. <laughs> one thing, I dare you. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I became a man and I will be back to Fraser Island. I can guarantee you that. Okay, righto. Well. Oh, also, trademark shirts. Saw about five of them over there. Oh, did you? Great. Did you go up and say anything? No, I was on holidays. Just waved. Yay. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. You see that big troopy going up through the passage? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. You're one of the fellows. <laughs> I've got a conversation we can start. You guys know anything about masculinity? <laughs> oh. Dislodge this rock from my sock, DK. Oh. Are you gonna rock? I had a rock that got way down deep in my sock. You go first, Derek. I got a fucking rock in my sock. <laughs> fucking fucking. <laughs> what the fuck is with midweek public holidays? Oh yeah. The, Why wen- do they the do that? Wednesday Echo holiday can get fucked. There <laughs> I said it. <laughs> It just throws everything out. I love a public holiday, but they only belong in one place. It's either on a Monday or a Friday. It makes not a great deal of sense. Don't go putting a public holiday on the Wednesday for the stupid Ecker. I'm obviously a proud New South Welshman. There's only one show, and it's a Sydney Royal. You've never been show. to the Ecker, have you? Well, I was there for the start of it this year. Does anyone to- go on the Wednesday anymore? Because everyone just... Probably, but Wednesday public holiday, it just throws the entire week out. And another thing... It's called the exhibition. <laughs> How do you get E double K A out of exhibition? Lianca. <laughs> well, anyway, if you're trying to abbreviate exhibition, wouldn't you call it the Exy? <laughs> like who are the I'm pretty dis- sure they're banned in all states and territories. <laughs> Exies. <laughs> Got any Exies? <laughs> wouldn't you yeah. I don't know who is naming this shit or deciding this stuff. Probably Joe Bielke Peterson. But anyway. <laughs> it's the only 
famous Queenslander I know. But anyway, that's my rock. Echo Public Holidays. Because it fucks it up for... Like, if you're outside of Brisbane, like, if you're in Caboolture, or, like, even Ipswich, like... Play on. They don't have the, you know, Toowoomba. <laughs> they like have the, the Ipswich. Yeah, they have Ipswich Public Holidays. On the Wednesday? They don't have the Ipswich no, show. Fri- I think Toowoomba's is Friday. Don't worry, I worked it. If you're doing business... <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing business, it fucks everything up. Anyway, Wednesday Public Holidays. I'm just like, spare me. Spare me the details. You know? I had a rock. Yeah, that'll do me. You get a rock? Well, I did. I'm pretty keen to keep it flowing, though. I want to talk a bit about your golf day. Oh, mate. So no rock. That's really throwing me. I was hoping to hear you have a whinge about something. <laughs> mate, yeah. Uh, so on Saturday, well, then I've got to tell the story, my, my side of the story, because we had – fuck, it was a huge weekend, man. And last week was a really big week. Like, it was a Massive. bit of an emotionally draining week, to be honest, because, like, well, I was really rocked, in, as were you and a lot of people around the Paul Green – Suicide um, So that was kind of a bit of a I don't know I suppose a bit of a dampener that was A huge dampener last week But I had to go to Hip Pocket um, The Hip Pocket Workwear Conference on Friday night Up at Twin Waters And do a speech Like a keynote Sort of whatever speech um, At the dinner And I was so fucking nervous Like because And like I I mean you know Like I Give me a microphone I don't mind going on stage I quite enjoy it actually But Yeah I felt super Like I felt real pressure to, um, I don't know, just because of what had happened, I felt it was just really hard. I was just feeling really uneasy about it. So it's draining. It drains a lot of energy out of you when you got to go and do that stuff. So we went up Twin Waters, did it, nailed it, had a really good, you know, I wrote notes as well. I was telling you, I wrote notes because... The last time we wrote notes was the first time we ever did it and I got yeah. fucking peppered, so yeah, I've never you, written another note again. You did, no, I just wrote notes because I just wanted to, yeah, make sure that, the, just a couple of notes, like bullet points, that was all, just so that I made sure that it flowed right because I wanted to be able to, you know, impart some some good thoughts or whatever. But, mate, just so draining. And got back to Brisbane, that, because I had to go to Cecil Plains the next day for the Portland Wood Golf Day. Got back to Brisbane at about one thirty on Saturday morning, sort of. Massive by time, day. By the time I got into bed, so about 2, two, two o'clock. You can probably get to sleep about 2.30, I'd say. So tired, up at 5am, so I probably had about two and a half hours sleep, up at five to go and get ready for the Portland Golf Day. To be honest, so Jason Port, like he'll be listening to this, I know, because he fucking, yeah, he gets his headphones in while he's fucking churning out the bloody carpentry. <laughs> and um, he loves it. So last year's Portland Golf Day was, it was the first epic, one. first one ever. Yep, mullet plumbing, Josh Lewis and the Lewis family were the Which inaugural think, winners. Why didn't I... I had to... You were there. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just trying to think, oh, that's right. We had a dinner that night I had to drive back into town for. Yeah, that's why I wasn't on the piss. So I... Did you? Mm. Matt Lindsay was in town. Back to Toowoomba. Yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, when me and Banksy were driving out there to Cecil Plains, so Cecil Plains is like, it's actually two hours away. In my head, I was like, oh, it's only just outside of Toowoomba. But anyway, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's like an hour out of Toowoomba. It's a bit further, yeah. yeah. So I drove out there, not much sleep with Banksy from TX, and it was raining the whole way. And um, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to get out here and it's not going to be on. And I know Jason was, you know, stressing as well because so much effort goes into organising this golf day. It's a fundraiser for TX um, and all that kind of stuff. But we got out there and it was looking miserable, mate. Like, it was looking real miserable. No sign of Jace, though. He wasn't around. Um, no, no, he wasn't around because he, had, well, you know, his brother took the microphone at the start of the day. Much funnier brother. I'm assuming it was his older brother, to be honest. Actually, I never found out. But was I said Tom? I'm not sure. I can't, I can't I'm pretty remember. sure. 
But hilarious bloke, Shane Webke. He's just anyway. Is he a blonde head fella? Uh, no. No. No, I reckon he might have been thinning, if anything. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Um, But anyway, Jason's brother did the whole intro. Yeah, we got out there. We were like, oh, look, you know, we're probably not going to be able to play today or whatever. It's like looking real wet. And they got Pam there, like the golf club. You know, you know every golf club. Oh, or every the wheel club, of cheese from it's like just, the... It's <laughs> just got the big the big cheese there who's just... Who runs the, runs the show, gets all the scorecards out. You're not allowed to fucking do was anything. Was Mullet Plumbing there? He was there, yeah. yeah. He was the he winner last, last year. year yeah. yeah, him and, him and his old boy were there again. Pam, mate, the club, mate, she is just an absolute weapon. I'm fucking scared of her. No hats in the clubhouse. Oh, my it? God. Yeah, keep your fucking hat off. Mate, or I'll, or I'll have your head. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. she's serious mate, about it. Mate, she is dead set. So, um, anyway, Jason's brother did the whole intro. Fundraiser for TX. Big day. Good community vibe. To be honest, it's fucking great out there at Hessel Plains. I figured if, um, if we hadn't played golf... I reckon everyone would have just been happy just to hang around in the clubhouse and do the... Talk shit all day. Talk shit and yeah. do the raffles and do all that kind of stuff anyway. It's a huge occasion for Cecil Plains, but um, yeah, we had Shane Webkey out there. So Webkey was out there because uh, Jason Porter does... Um, he didn't did up, update an old woolshed on uh, Webkey's property. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, as Jason said, he's got a love-hate relationship with Webkey. Um, <laughs> Web, Shane Webkey loves... Jason Porter's carpentry, but hates his invoices. <laughs> so doesn't pay him. Yeah, Webkey was dry. We eventually got out. No, no, he pays him. He pays him. He's just man, he works really nice. So I'm sure he charges a fucking squillion bucks. What, where was Jason? Would you just not be there all day? So his brother was doing the intro. Hilarious. He kept referring to Shane Webkey from TV. My mate Shane Webkey from Webkey from TV is so funny. And then he goes, um, "Oh, there's a special guest coming out. Um, he read this poem. It was like bird related." Next minute, this fucking person comes running out, dressed as a kookaburra, like a full kookaburra suit, flapping around the clubhouse. Jason takes his fucking hat off. Jason Porter, dressed as a kookaburra. His mum had made him a whole kookaburra outfit. What? Like a whole... Well, because I mean, that's a mascot of Porter and Wood. So, yeah, mate, you should see the detail in this, in this kookaburra outfit. It was fucking hilarious. And at the end of the... So, Port, Jason didn't even play. He didn't play golf all day. He, he just was just out the in the kookaburra suit, just going from hole to hole, flapping around, like just, you know, doing all sorts of shit. So it's so funny. He's got mate. some commitment, yeah. eh? Mate, awesome golf day. Seriously, I reckon that Porterwood Classic, no word of a, a lie. Was it sold out again? Because it was sold they out. They had 114 year. registered to play and they had 98 turn up, I believe, um, if my memory serves me correctly. So on a day that was pissing down rain. Good get. Mate, so good. But just like... For community, for country towns like that, like those community events are just like top shelf. You know what I mean? Bang like, on. yeah, you can just tell. Like everyone just loves being there. Like the vibes fucking great. There's heaps of trademark supporters. Like heaps of you know compliments around. You know the everything we're doing in mental health and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, mate, it was unbelievable. But like having Shane Webkey there was like next level as well because obviously you know I'm tapping tap touching to the Paul Green stuff because that was hectic last week. But he was running around doing the drinks all day and. Being an absolute legend and blackfish, um, yeah, blackfish, yeah, a couple of blackfish, yeah. So it was a good. It was a good day out there. It was seven and a half hours it took us for eighteen holes of golf, mate. Seven and a half hours. <laughs> I had like two and a half hours sleep the night before. I was fucking. Did, you, wiped. did Jace drive you home? No, I drove actually. No, I drove. I felt pretty good to drive. Fuck. Well, he God. had a couple of beer. Well, he no, actually no. Banksy only had one beer back at the clubhouse. I'm pretty sure, but. No, I was I was good to drive, 
But yeah, I was just so wiped, mate. Like a golf day like that, mate. It's hectic. Had to get up and have a bit of a yarn. And I knew um I knew Webkey was going to get up there and have a have a bit of a chat. So, mate, it was tough because Shane Webkey was like one of Paul Green's best mates. And I mean, he hadn't he hadn't spoken publicly about what had happened to Paul Green. He's like. In Webke's own words, he thought he understood mental health. Like, he thought he understood it. Now he knows nothing because he was just, you know, in a paddock drinking beers with Paul Green a couple of months ago um, at a mate's wedding yep. um, at, at um, Webke's property out there. And he reckons that not a single thing that conversation, nothing. There wasn't a single thing that, you know, Paul Green said or alluded to or talked about that would have given him any inkling at all of how... There was an issue. ...of how dark he was getting. Yeah. He asked the, you know, Webke got up there and spoke and it was... You could you could hear a fucking pin drop, mate. Hey, look, when he got up there... And, like, I don't know, have you ever heard Shane Webke speak anywhere? No, I don't think I have heard sort him Sort of speak. publicly, I guess? No. <coughs> no, I haven't. I don't, you obviously don't watch Channel 7 News then because I think he does the sport on he Channel does, 7. He does, yeah. I do the nine. Yeah. I'm a nine man. I'm an on man too. Yeah, it's a rugby Love league thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he got up and he asked everyone to you know turn their phones off and you know there was a they had a um, a guy there filming the day and Jason sent him outside. And yeah, mate, he just got up there and just like it was a very passionate plea to everyone in the room. He kind of had this penny drop moment, I think, Shane Webke, that was about. You know, everyone says, ask, are you okay, and do all that stuff. But, like, does that doing anything? He's like, is that fucking doing anything? Because, like, he's like, we thought he was okay. Like, we've had events. We've been hanging out. We've had, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's almost like there's no, there weren't any signs there to even prompt a question of being like, hey, are you okay? Or is it, you know, is it, do you need help with anything? It's like, not even at that point. It's like his relationships, his mates... They were just, they were strong, strong enough that there wasn't even a need to like, you know, feel like they needed to check in or anything. And so like, well, no he was kind of, yeah, yeah, no inkling and kind of, I mean, we talk about this a lot because I talked about it at Hip Pocket on um, Friday night and you're the only one who can act, eh? Like you're the only one who can do it. Because like I've been racking my brain about this and like this is what Webke was saying as well and I'm sure this is not, you know, a breach of sort of trust or confidence or anything like that. At all, but like he was just up there pleading with the people in the crowd that like if you've got that in you, like if you've got those dark thoughts in you, like it's up to you to yeah. to do something because like the whole trying to look out for signs from other people is like it's not, you know. There, there's, I think there's a because I've been trying to rack my brains about this, and I think there's a few types of people. I think there's a type of person who, if they're not doing okay, and you ask them, they they might tell you. There's another type of person who, if they're doing, if they're not doing well, you don't even have to ask them. You can just tell, like their body language, there. Yeah. You know, you can tell that something's wrong, in a big way. And then there's this third type of person, who you would never fucking know. Mm. And that's the dangerous one, eh? Like that's the dangerous one. I reckon that just seems fine on the surface. Isn't given any signs, has a good network, but is a deep, deep inward thinker and is thinking on some really, really, really deep stuff that, you know, you just, you wouldn't have a clue and they just don't want to talk. Even if you ask them, they would never talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's obviously what's happened here because it doesn't make, well, 
it doesn't it makes sense that we know it's happened, but it doesn't make sense in regards to how yeah, someone of that nature, someone that, you know, you see videos of him a week before at the Sharks reunion, fucking down in Cronulla, like being interviewed and stuff. And not you know what I mean? Like you can normally see when someone's feeling a bit down. You know what I mean? Like there's something going on. If they're that kind of person. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But that's what I think that's Probably, yeah, the realisation that you've had and what we've had is that it's people, the way that people act is all so different and we've probably been cookie-cuttering it a bit to be like, well, these are the signs and look out for that, whereas it's like, yeah, but doesn't mean anyone's fucking showing them. You know what I mean? Because, mm. like, there's – and, yeah, like that – it's that it's that book that I finished reading recently. Like, um, it's called Surrounded by Idiots. That idiots that one I bought in Cairns, remember at the airport. Mm-hmm. And it's all around like the four different personality types, and how like when people are communicating and whatnot. There's obviously so much that's happening in body language and stuff that you pick up on, but there's still people that show none. none. So it's like you're not fucking commu- I can't tell anything from the way you're communicating to me that there's anything wrong. And B. Even the way you, your posture, the way you're acting, your body language is nothing is wrong as well. So that, 100%, that is the fucking scariest thing. Oh, mate, it's just, thing. it's so tragic and like, yeah, I won't, you know. Uh, I ended up in a conversation um, with, with Shane Webke for, and with Banksy as well for, I mean, I don't know, I couldn't tell you how long, maybe 45 minutes um, there in the clubhouse because I spoke about TX. And, you know, the real positive, you know, the, the awesome, the positive, um, you know, elements of, of such an epic, you know, community-focused day like the Port Wood Golf Classic. Uh, but then, obviously, there's the elephant in the room type scenario that everyone was kind of dealing with this. So I'd been up there and spoken and then – and I had been, you know, bumping into Shane all day when he's run, run the drinks carts out. But, yeah, it wasn't probably till the end of the day that I'd spoken that spoke about tax and all that kind of stuff. And then he got up and spoke afterwards and then – that kind of, I suppose, probably changed the the dynamic a little Lute bit in the bit, room, yeah. um, and just yeah, ended up in this conversation with with Shane, and I mean, he was you know quite, I would say, uh, a fairly high. He was good at articulating his words. He was good at talking about. He was good at talking about what he was thinking. Yeah, and he had a good way of articulating it. Like he had a good way with his words. He, you know. You can see, and like he's been through a lot, mate. Like oh, he lost his dad fuck. when he was nineteen. I think he tragic. Said, and he said to us that was the most tragic thing that's ever, the most traumatic thing that's ever happened in his life. Yep. Losing his dad, um, <clears throat> and so he's obviously dealt with you know trauma and grief and stuff before. But yeah, I don't know. It was um, hard one to be honest for me because you know and Banksy because like he was tired. We we're both tired, right? We we're tired. Um, on that you know big event on Friday night, Banksy had been down in Brisbane, uh, in Sydney, last week as well, and he was on the on the end of some pretty heavy stories as well. Um, and last week took a real you know took a big toll on Banksy. Um, shout out Banksy, I know he listens, mate. You're doing a bloody bang up job, mate. Wouldn't want to be doing it with anyone else. Uh, but you know they have these weeks where you hear these stories, and it's just tough, mate. And it's like you got to be, you're and you're the only one in those times, I guess, for us who can realise that if you're drained or whatever, you're sort of going through what you're going through. Like yesterday, I took a day off. I took a day off yesterday because I was just a bit wiped. Yeah. Um, <coughs> you know, Banksy's taking Friday off just to have a bit of a recharge. But, like, 
you know, you end up in these conversations sometimes with people who are experiencing like some, you know, some pretty hard stuff. And I'd say at that point in time, Shane Webke was one of those. And he was, you know, probably defensive of the fact that he didn't feel like he needed to talk to a professional. He's like, I'll be fine. Like, oh, I've, you know, I'm good at talking, talking this stuff out, which is good. You know, anyone who's good at like openly talking stuff out is fucking it's pretty huge, much psych, yeah, a psych session anyway. A huge but, step in the right direction. Yeah. But that's, this is the thing. That's what this stuff is. Like, mm. that is what this stuff is. It's like getting your fucking thoughts out, no matter how dark they are, because everyone's got dark thoughts. Like, getting them out and verbalizing them is like exercising the demon. Yeah. You know, that is the way you do it. And because like, even like the hearing the words come out of your mouth, like saying them, not just thinking them, like saying them. Yeah. You know, like that's yep. the bit. So it was hard, man. Like, Honestly, really hard there talking to Shane and hearing the way, you know, he was talking about Greeny's kids and his family and, and all that kind of stuff. And for everyone in the room, you know, like um, it's a very real, I guess, reality of, I suppose, what we're trying to do here, isn't it? It's trying to, you know, start something or build upon something that, you know, ultimately prevents people from getting to that point. But... You know, you can't help everyone, and I think that's probably one of the things that you know I kind of think about a lot. Like, you can't help everyone, and you never. And the thing is, as well as like, I hope this doesn't sound you know come out the wrong way, but I think like the sad reality of suicide will probably always be a thing. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I, I just don't think there's a world that exists where you just eradicate that. No, you know? it'll never. <clears throat> it'll never. It'll never disappear. It's just. It's just changing the way we communicate about it, and. Like we've been saying, like a fucking, you know... People yeah. are talking about it, but, but they're not, but not talking, talking about, about it. Like the vulnerability piece, right? Yeah. And what drove... And that's why we sit here and we talk about going and seeing our psychologists and the stuff yeah. that we fucking talk about and the fact fucking that we oath. cry and the fact that we have blues and shit. That is why we talk about that stuff here, so that we can fucking normalise the fact that people go through this stuff. And blokes in particular, I was talking to Banksy all the way out there about this idea of identity. Like, what's your identity? You know what I mean? And so many people's identity is attached to, you know, what they do for a living or their status somehow in society or might be attached to money or, you know, their sporting career. And, like, when that stuff goes away, like, this is impermanent. All these things in life that we attach ourselves to are all impermanent. They don't last. Life, the only constant in life is change. You know what I mean? And, like, the only thing that changes all the way through is who am I as a person now? And that is that is the one fucking constant. And, like, people need to understand that that's okay and that that is part of life. But you need to actively work on figuring out who you are at every step of the way because we're always faced with these challenges, changes in life, like parenthood, professional, you know, our jobs, everything we do, our sporting careers, whatever it is. Well, they're, just little, they're just little challenges that continue to arise and exactly. it's how you're going to tackle this one and then once I've sorted it, how am I going to tackle the next one? Because it's never fucking done, sorted, cruise along. That's but, just fairy tale. But I feel like it's that point when that thing is taken away from you. And it might be, it, you know, it may or may not be the case with Greeny. I don't know. Like, obviously, he had these, co- you know, obviously he was coaching the Cowboys. He's moved from, you know, Townsville um, down to Brisbane. I've been reading. That was a big thing for him, selling up the family home up there. And it's a big change for the family, you know, to relocate. Yeah, totally. You've got young kids and... You know, um, when you have big changes in your life like that and you're also battling with your identity and, like, you know, what your purpose or your role in life is now or how you can bring value to those around you or your community and if that has always been through rugby league, but then suddenly your past two attempts to do that haven't ended well, well, yeah, like, that's traumatic. 
but people go through that stuff. Like that's a thing of, that's a fact of life. Like every day people go through those challenges. Like there's no world that exists where you don't have to face that. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. And it's like this idea of identity and like how you identify yourself and what it is that, you know, if you identify as, oh, I'm, I'm a footy player and that's it. Or, you know, let's use that for an example. And then, you know, you get injured and that's gone and you don't know who you are without that. That's why I say like, I'm cautious of my identity not being attached to trademark. Yeah. And what we do here. <coughs> Same. Not in a sense of I don't love what I do and I don't want to make a great impact. But I suppose it's just preparing myself that one day we probably, you know, won't be in this business anymore. I don't know when that is. But with doing such a big thing like this, it can be very easy to become all consumed and engrossed. Well, by you, it. you're Dan from Trademark. Totally. That's the, but that's the thing, right? So yeah. when you're out and people are introducing you, oh, that's Dan from Trademark. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. It's not, it's not Dan, you know, it's not Dan Allen. It's that's Dan tra- from Trademark. Trademark's just a thing yeah. that I do. Yeah, I know, and, I know. And there'll be many things that we do and that I do in my life and there'll be many phases that I go through, right? And that's just the one fucking certainty of life. Like, oh, mate, it's deep. And it's like I just I, like I go into this personality stuff about, you know, even what I was talking about, there's like people who – like me, like you know, like when I'm not in a good mood, you don't even have to ask. You oh, can just you can see it from fucking see, a K away. See my body language, right? Yeah. And that's not to say that you know um, I don't hide other things, right? But like, and I don't know that you know I don't necessarily know what kind of person I am for sure. Like I'm constantly learning. Like that's part of you know. Well, I think it's a continual change and for improvement. Sure, but it's like as a. Yeah, it's a, there's a very scary sort of, I guess, type of person like that exists who says everything's fine, lives their life as though things are fine and doesn't give a thing away. But on the inside, they are just fucking Bucket burning. Must be, it must be... F- and yeah. fighting. And the thing is they're fighting off these sorts. They're constantly fighting off these demons and trying to convince themselves that they'll be okay and that, that this is just a phase or whatever and they'll get through <laughs> it. Constantly fighting off these thoughts, fighting and fighting until they can't fight anymore. And during that time, they'd be fighting these thoughts of you can't, you know, you might think about suicide, but you can't do that because you've got a family. You know what I mean? How can, I've, got, I've got my family to be. I've got so much to live for. But you can only fight for so long. Yeah. And this is the scary part, is that when you're fighting thoughts and when you're fighting something, how long can you do that for? And without getting some support, without get, well, well, no, that's with, it. Either without getting some support or doing something you, that you can't undo. No, well, that's it. Because if you don't get the support, you get to a point where you're like helpless and you're like, I can't keep doing this. And so the so only that's, that's and, the, yeah. and the only way I can rationalise it is that, or or just like plead even is it like. If you are feeling that way or if you're f- having these just recurring thoughts over and over again, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, like on and on, you've got to do something about it. Oh, like yeah. You have to. But you are the only one who can, can do, do anything. Yep. Like no one else can help you or make you do that. Yeah. You just can't. Totally. And you have to like, you have to just find it within you. To, to reach out to someone, whether it's a mate, whether it's TX, whether it's who, whoever it is. Like it's the perfect reason of why TX exists because if they are deep thoughts, 
that you're fighting and you don't want anyone who cares about you to know about, well, you can chat to someone who you don't even know. You know what I mean? And that's and that's the reason why TX is there. But you are the only one. And when you talked about ownership earlier at the start of the podcast, like you have to own your, you have to own your shit. You have to own it. Like and acknowledging that that's the way you first like you feel at first is like part of that. You know, you can't do anything unless you take ownership. And it's like. Yeah, I suppose the whole it's frustrating because the whole thing about are you okay? Like I, the whole are you okay movement. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all, but it's part of the evolution of the conversation because when are you okay came about, mental health wasn't. No one was there wasn't hardly even any awareness. No. So it was like the first step in an awareness thing, but then there's all these steps that got to follow, to the point where we kind of realise, oh shit. Maybe asking, you know, people, are they okay? Yeah, that's part of it. But there's a whole lot of people who, you know, won't even engage in that conversation. Well, people that are asking other people if they're all right, but they're not the right themselves. Not, yeah. It's like... You are the only one who can do anything about it. And it's like... And you have to find it within yourself to do something. 100%. Because, yeah. 100%. I don't know. No, mate, that's great. It's uh, it's a tough topic. It's a hard one. I hope we've shown enough vulnerability in this podcast and others and the way we write and talk. But, but it is literally what we're trying to do, right? 100%. Like, that's when I think about, like, people talk about... Because this is the thing we've been talking about. People talk about talking about mental health. <laughs> they talk about talking about it. They're not talking about it. They're just talking, talking about, about talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking and this is but And this is the thing. I'm like, I'm not sure people know how to or, yep. like, or how to actually... What talking about it means? Talking it's just about being open. Talking about mental health doesn't mean that I go around saying, "Hey, people, you should talk about it." That's not. That's not it. <laughs> that's a start. Asking people, but like you've got to show people. This is what I said at Hip Pocket Workwear as well. Is like you've got to show people how to do it. I just had a call with a bloke who's a business owner before. He's got a lot of stuff, you know, a few hundred through franchises and stuff like that, and he goes. Um, we really, uh, we really want our staff to uh, know where to go and get help. And I was like, okay, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, obviously with the stuff that's been happening and you know whatnot. Like, I just want to make sure that they know that where they can go and get some help. I was like, cool. I was like, I can fucking guarantee you they already know about fucking Lifeline, Beyond Blue, all this other bullshit. I was like, I fucking guarantee they know all about all of that. And I'm not saying they're bullshit. I'm just saying that they know about it, right? Have you ever spoken to your staff about like how much you've struggled and how tough business is and fucking? He's like, oh no, I've never. I was like, that's the first bit. I was like, you need to go and do that because mm. as soon as you do that, then the person who's fucking mopping the floor or stacking the shelves or driving the truck goes, holy fuck, the boss, he's going through this or she's going through this. Now I can, like, I'm actually going through that as well. Holy fuck, like they've been vulnerable. I can feel vulnerable now. You know what I mean? That's mm. the only way I can change this fucking. Fly the flag, we're all in it together, bullshit. It's driving me fucking mad. Anyway. We can just, the only thing we can do is like keep kind of showing vulnerability ourselves, I guess, and like talking about, because I could, again, I keep referring back to the hip pocket thing on Friday night, but like I said to the to the audience that one of the biggest things that's always been a hang up for me and you has been that we're like, we're not mental health professionals. Like we never, like it's almost like a... It's probably like the imposter syndrome, I guess, kind of thing that can creep in for anyone. Totally. Where it's like, oh, shit, like, don't fucking look it up. I was like, don't do what we say. Like, don't, you know, we're not anyone. Like, we're not, men, but we're on, we are on our own mental health journey, right? Like, yep. this doing the work that we've done has opened up this world a lot more to us. And I think we've been very welcoming to learning everything we can along the way for, you know, for ourselves, for our team, um, you know, on our own journeys with psychs and this kind of stuff um 
And that's the key is totally. like talking about that. It's like I suppose like the Tuesday morning meeting we had about a team this morning. Like, you know, I'm sure everyone understood what I was saying. I hope. Yeah. About actually, you know, how fucking hard this shit is, and like how hard it is to go and get up on a stage and talk about mental health, and like how hard it is to stand in front of people and you know. For for forty five minutes and listen to Shane Webke unpack how one of his best mates has just taken his life, you know what I mean? Like that's that ain't easy. That shit ain't easy, right? But and there's times where, like I spoke to you on Friday morning, I was like, I don't think I can do this tonight. Like I wanted to pull out. Yeah, it's like I don't feel like I'm in the right frame of mind to be able to stand in front of people and talk about that kind of stuff. And I spoke to Julian as well from Mazda, and I was like, mate, I was like, I just. He called me about something. I was like, "Yeah, I got to do this thing tonight." I was like, I, "I don't know what to do. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to pull out." Like, you know, I was like, seriously, at that point, and he was like, "Oh, mate, you know, I know you feel like that, but you got to do it." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You got, I know, I got to do it because we got a responsibility. You know what I mean? To continually kind of lead by example, and to also, you, you might help one person in that room that night who wants to reach out to TX or whatever and make a huge difference because you know there's always people struggling. But fuck me, it's hard. And I think being open, like you're talking about, yeah, being open. Sorry, I'm probably going on now, but anyway, fucking vulnerability is a key. You know, we can only we can only take ownership over our own actions, and this is the, becoming more and more obvious in this mental health space. Like, stop fucking worrying about everyone else. Yes, worry about people, for sure. But fuck, it starts with you. If you can't truly take ownership of what you're going through and take positive steps to action that, well, you cannot expect anyone else to do the same. Lead so by stop example. asking them to. Totally. Well, we'll leave it there. If anyone wants to reach out and speak to a mental health professional, Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., free of charge, reach out to TX 04888 Can we just not leave it there real quick? I just really want to dive into the last thing we were going to talk about because I fucking want to know where that? you were going to go with it. Gimpy Master, who's sleeping with who? Oh, fuck. I'll be bringing my own swag. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> See you all there next week and uh, have a very funky shirt Friday. Love you. Love you and leave you. If I stop, I'll die. <laughs>